Join us as we cover many an insane movie and numerous cult TV phenomenons. Are you ready to get jacked up? Are you with us? Then listen on. to the show we got dina how are you <laughs> doing good how are you doing thank you for you having me anytime and we're here to we're going to start off with it's going to be a two-part discussion we're going to start off with the expanse continuum and dark matter why do these vancouver and toronto filmed you know canadian shows really stand out and change the sci-fi action game and then we'll work our way into some other stuff that's filmed around there that which just happens to be everything. And we'll just talk about how people don't seem to realize these are Canadian productions versus, you know, how you can tell versus which ones are great and which ones are campy and which ones are kind of all over the place. <laughs> right. Like we discussed, you know, uh, earlier with like Supergirl <laughs> from season one to two, you can see a huge difference. <laughs> totally. So, just how did you get into just TV in general? Because like everyone's got a reason, whether it was sibling or family member got him into it versus that was your escape. That's how you got to see a lot of what you wa watched. <laughs> so I moved uh, with my aunt and uncle when I was 15 and uh, I didn't really know a lot of English and I had to really like pick it up. And my uncle was really big already. And okay. I actually saw Stargate, the movie. And I was like, wow, what is this awesome? And of course, the TV series picked up, and I got hooked on sci-fi yes. ever since then, yeah. So that says a lot, because everyone's got to kind of remember that. It's like everyone else was watching, you know, decades ago, you know, Twilight Zone, Star Trek repeats, and... I had to learn everything limits. all at once. Yeah, I mean, Twilight Zone was basically a rerun, you know, at night, or like Nick at Night. I don't know if you remember that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's how I start watching shows, you know, was Nick at Night or then Twilight Zone was TV Land. <laughs> yeah, TV Land. So I was picking up everything as fast as I possibly could. Um, and then I started learning about Piers Anthony and started getting into that world, the Zap novels and the sci-fi for that too. So I just really got immersed into it and just kind of get sucked in. Right. And how so many other movies are kind of, you would always hear about them and yet is like some of them were hard to track down at any video store. It's like, good God. I'm it took watch. me forever to find all 10 seasons of SG-1. Um, I actually right? would find them at like a convenience store. <laughs> yeah. Or like, you know, wherever I could find them. I actually have like four or five repeats because I wouldn't remember what I had. So I was like, I don't care. I need to buy it just in case I don't have it. And the slip covers would come with like details, like how many ship complements have what, <laughs> just other stuff you could even get them in the stargate magazine which i think is no more but it's like yeah i mean no but there's actually a store here called nine lives and um 
they're a really great little place. They used to be a lot bigger, but they actually used to have the Star Trek magazines in there for sale. And it would actually have like all this info on it. And they're like a buck. So I was like trying to take as much as I possibly could from that too. <laughs> Even though they were like out of print, I didn't care. <laughs> right. It's going in there. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. So I, what about I, yourself? Like, did you get in because of the family or? I would pretty much, it was just one of many shows that was part of the sci-fi. Everyone has to remember in the 2000s, by that point, it was becoming better known because it was kind of the reason why Showtime canceled a lot of their shows because, uh, you know, they weren't produced in studio. They were produced for MGM and other companies and they were allowed, they had already sold syndication rights, so they canceled it because they thought they weren't making money off of it. <laughs> it got very annoying because it's like, okay, well, this is how we know it, you know, because we've seen it in uh, again, we're seeing it on cable TV repeat, so I always thought it was a sci-fi show, and it's like, no, it became a sci-fi show later, but yeah, would, they would play that, you know, every Friday, new episode, back-to-back with Battlestar Galactica, and it was just very cool to see, kind of, there's options for everybody. You could watch, yeah, Star Trek repeats, you could watch some other sitcoms and funny stuff, and then you could watch, in end the day with some intense sci-fi mystery, you know? Right, and even now, like, it's so helpful that we have things like Netflix now, right? Because Continuum was on there for like the longest time. They took it off recently, and I'm actually quite sad about that. But um, the Continuum was on there. Stargate's on there. I know Atlantis is on Prime, uh, which I have the whole blue, Blu-ray DVD. Yeah, and the Hulu on, on, versions on of Stargate but... are terrible. Like, they look yeah. like such yeah. crap. Like, so one bad. of them but even had... Prime is really good. Um, yeah, Prime is Blu-ray is quality. Yeah. And, and for whatever reason, Hulu got the like the bastardized full, version of it <laughs> yeah the full screen ver- versions and sometimes i kid you not there was a channel logo in the corner of one i was like no oh no that's bad that sounds, I, would, I might as well so pirated <laughs> yeah it totally made me feel i was like well i guess everything is vhs scan now and like i was very disappointed you know i honestly feel like that's kind of like that on netflix too because there's really? some really bad cut scenes um on su1 that i'm like that is a weird place to cut it, um, and it feels like it was straight oh, TV to, you oh, know what okay. I mean? Like, so there I was no, yeah. So Netflix has the TV commercial versions, and Prime plays it endlessly. There is no cuts, so it's like so the there DVD, is no cut. this is Blu-ray fluid. version. Yeah. So it's a, it's a difference, you know, what streaming services you have, but it's actually kind of neat that they, now you have those options. Um, I really wish, again, like I said, the Continuum is still on there. Um, I know Supergirl is still on there, Dark Matter. Yeah, um, Continuum, and this is where sci-fi got pretty bad with its scheduling. A lot of this stuff, it was playing later, and then they would stop replaying them. And so the yeah. order cancellation, you know, went that way. But yeah, I mean, Dark Matter, we are still, you know. Okay, so quick summary for everyone. The Expanse is just basically a bunch of colonies and pi- space pirates. And Continuum is about a time travel and stopping a bunch of freedom fighters and terrorists and uh, and then Dark Matter goes back to the pirating. <laughs> yeah, it goes back to the pirating, but with some Blade Runner androids and yeah, some yes, Star Trek type awesome. yeah. wars going on. And yeah, I mean, I, Netflix was my gateway to that, and uh, I, I had to finish up Continuum before it even, you know, uh, got, got taken moved. Away. Yeah, yeah. Got, and I, yeah. I, I don't know why they would stop. I mean, I would think someone would want to be introduced to that, and. They're on sale on Prime, but they're $17 a season. 
Yeah, it's just shitty. That's too much. That's way too much. Especially yeah. if you're only going to see it once. Um, right. Now, The Expanse is, you know, available to watch, you know, um, on yeah, there. Yeah, because it got bought by Prime. The most recent season. So, you can totally binge there for so, that. We, we now know that Universal's cable channels are becoming worse, just as bad as Netflix. Netflix only wants to have something that lasts like three seasons, and same thing with sci-fi. Like, they're canceling everything after f- two to four seasons. I'm like, why? Yeah, and, isn't Travelers only like three seasons or something like that? Right, and... The, and that was like so good, so and bad. I, and I can't blame yeah. these guys for getting into that, because, I mean, yeah. they should be allowed to keep telling their story, and be given an indicator and I think they know that they've earned their keep as genre writers so they don't have to you know play the oh what happened game because everyone instantly knows what happened um but I kind of feel like Netflix is becoming like Fox you know canceling oh yes season. um mm-hmm. look at away right you know one season boom gone that could have um, been a big, big, big show, and yeah, they just killed it. it. had so much potential, and they just killed it because they didn't get the ratings that they wanted. And I'm like, you didn't even give us a chance to watch it because you didn't so even advertise it. I didn't yeah. know it was a thing until someone I saw was reviewing it, and it was just like, okay. correct. I mean, I was too busy with like Stowaway. I was too busy with like, there's so many shows coming in at once. I know uh, Ben Helsen was on it, so I was like, binge, binge, binge. I was finishing the 100. I was finishing. There's all these shows I was trying to finish, and before I could get to away, it was already like too late. And I'm like, well, then what's right. the point of watching it when it's going to get canceled? It's canceled. It's done. Yeah, I saw it. And I mean, I didn't love it as much as some, but there were some people yeah. just absolutely bashing it. I'm like, no, this is this is going somewhere. Yeah, it was going somewhere. I felt like it had a lot of potential. Uh, <laughs> I felt like, you know, second season would have given us a lot more information. Right. Um, if there would have been a second season, but they're going to give a second season to Shadow and Bone, which isn't bad, but it's <sighs> not as closely based as the books as I would have wanted them to be. Um, I think I know which one you're talking Shadow about. Chronicles, um, that, that was only two seasons. That was horrible. That's a Canadian production, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was awful. It was just so bad. I saw it playing every it day awful. on Netflix, and I was just like, hmm, yeah. Mm, yeah. Pass. It was bad. I know people are going to get mad at me for saying that, but I mean, I, I love some of the actors that were in it, like Manu Bennett. He was amazing in the Arrow as, um, uh, oh, I forgot what character he played, but. Um, I think I was more disappointed by how many Canadian but, directors were involved with it who are known for way bigger, <laughs> way, way less lowbrow but stuff. But I felt like, you know, when you get two people from the streets and they're like, now act, that's how it felt to me. Yeah, what, yeah. do one take. Yeah, it was, it was not good. Um, I know Jonathan Rince Davies was in it, which I was super excited to see. Um, for you, for those of you who don't know who that is, that that's basically Gimli. Okay, um, he's amazing. Uh, but he he was in it for a, a, an episode or two, um, so they were able to get really big names in there. But uh, unfortunately, they couldn't carry the whole show, and it only lasted like two seasons. <laughs> But uh, going back to, like, the, the Katie films, like, um, uh, Dark Matter and, um, oh, what else were we talking about? <laughs> uh, but um, uh, uh, Continuum and The Expanse. Continuum yeah. and Expanse and, and uh, Expanse, do you think it's, it's so fair for them to say that it's, like, Game of Thrones? I don't get that connection at all. No. I, I understand that it's based on a book and it's epic, but, I mean, 
Game of Thrones, let's be honest, that's a <laughs> sword and sandal, you know, porno. That's not, this isn't, you know, this is more. The experience is so convoluted. I mean, you have so many different cultures and even their own languages, right? And, and I just know a great cast. Like a whole, yeah. Great cast, great, great uh, chemistry as well. And yeah, the cinematography and, yes. and you have, oh my, yes, any so Canadian show always incredible. has great cinematography, even if it's on the cheap. It's gonna, it's gonna have like they're gonna spend their money on graphics, okay, and cinematography. They're gonna spend their money on that, and that's what you really want. Um, like SG One, the only time it has video game type cinematics is this one time when it's like they're they land, they're in like ships that they are flying away from and then it's like you can tell it's like that's not sam inside the spaceship it's just a video game graphic <laughs> but it's not a bad one i mean it's not it's not atrocious it's, and it's five it's seconds super, you know? <laughs> yeah i mean there's some that we've seen that we're like oh that's pretty bad but yeah uh, the, i think they did a really good job with it and TNT I love especially slacks on a lot of their shows and which always disappoints me because it's like falling <laughs> skies had its moments but it's like yeah, you guys need way better graphics. I like falling. <laughs> I, I, I did, I did too. But it was one of those. Is like sometimes it's like. Mm, when Kuchis uh, would talk and his little lips would be the only thing moving. Could the actor react to that a little funny. better? Yeah. yeah. Could the music be <laughs> yeah. better? Uh, I mean, Doug Jones was in it, and of course he's fucking amazing as Kuchis. So uh, in Falling Skies, but um, so I think the story had a, a really great potential. And I'm really glad they let it play out the way it did. Um, same thing with Expanse. They've let it really just go with what it wanted to do. Um, Dark Matter, unfortunately, of course, they were like, womp, womp, we're not going to give you another season. Yeah, one. suckers. Let's leave you, like, <laughs> hanging at the very end, fuckers. It um, does kind of, so without spoiling it for people, you should yeah. still check it out. It's definitely oh, no, it's so good. a cyberpunk. Uh, yeah. uh, just pirate, pirate, space. And yet, at the same time, it also just kind of so many betrayals and in a good way without just seeming just like they made it up and they they totally didn't make it up it was it was based on a dark horse comic book and i think it really gelled because mainly i mean again just the phenomenal cast they're they they wake up and much like memento they got to leave clues for themselves they all they don't know who each they other, are they give each other numbers based on what order they woke up in and correct they keep finding out, wow, we're all murderers or scumbags <laughs> previous lives. and Except for one. Except for one. And then another one was like, a, basically was someone else who took someone else's identity. That's why there's no record of him anywhere on the ship. Then there's a kid and then there's like an AI. There's yeah, really they, they have this young gal who they're trying to figure out where she belongs to. She's got interestingly colored hair and yeah, the android. She's really hella smart with like tech. And she's like what fourteen or some shit like that. I mean, she's a kid. Yeah, uh, and the whole cast does great, and it's good to see a female captain for once. She basically takes control of it all. I found out that actress had been like on Canadian Idol. <laughs> yeah, she can sing. Okay, cool. I'm glad to have she, someone. She has her. a couple of albums out. Okay, even better. Because yeah, some of those Stargate actors I saw, like especially on Atlantis, did a singing album, and it was like, eh, not feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, for those love you guys. Know, um, that's where Jason Momoa didn't get a start. He actually started in Baywatch, but his second acting he actually got is in Stargate Atlantis, and then from yeah, Game of, uh, Game of Thrones the movies. So. And I was going through it last year, and 
actually two years he ago. Was Ronan Jack. Like, yeah, I right. Like him as and a and, and my uh, again, my my sister already knew about it and just is guffawing. She's like, "You watch too much of this show." She's not a fan. And then my brother is seeing one of the most hysterical episodes of Atlantis, and he's like, "Is that Aquaman?" I'm like, "Yeah, he was Aquaman before it was cool." <laughs> That's right. Yes, he was. I mean, he played Ronan Deck like to a T. I bought the character. Oh yeah. Um, he was just a, a fantastic. Um, and then of course seeing. Um, I don't know the the characters, the the real person's name from Continuum, uh, Dark Matter, and Stargate. He's been in like everything. Roger Cross. Uh, Roger Cross. That's that's he his He had name. started out. Been, like, everything. On, <laughs> yeah, he. Well, we'll talk a little bit about First Wave, but yeah, I mean, uh, I've been a fan of year for years of Twenty Four, where he played CTU agent Curtis Manning, and you know for free seasons, and then you know just anytime. He'd been in plenty of other movies and shows that, had, you know, were technically American blockbusters filmed in Toronto and guest starred multiple times in the X-Files. And Dark Matter and Continuum was just his total year back to back. You know, he's going back and forth between he the really shows. He really was going back and forth. And he was doing a good job with that, too. And you, you can understand him defending his character on Continuum. He's like, I'm a freedom fighter, not a terrorist. Everyone else is a terrorist. I'm just using the terrorist means to, you know... Stop a lot, to get, right, destroy right. a lot of the evil corporations that are later going to fuck us in the ass in this whole you know which out is of funny control. because in dark matter he was playing the conscience so it's yeah it's so interesting at dark matter it he got to do so much comedy and everything and a bunch of the other actors were so great too they've again they've all been on they all gelled. these other canadian shows they really well though yeah very good casting and i mean yeah. you see the stargate co-writers you know malazi and I think Brad Wright worked on that too. And it's like, you're seeing them feel free to correct me guys. I'm sorry. I, I don't have it in front of me right now, but it we will definitely do an episode on them someday, but it's interesting how, like you say, is like they, they've already known how far they can go on Stargate and how it can work. And so they had the mind to pull off that kind of script. It's like, yeah, we know exactly the kind of people to talk about it. Uh, they had Tori Higginson, you know, play this one, uh, authority figure you know she'd already been on that Stargate Atlantis and it was cool to see her again and then Amanda Tapping briefly appeared up she, she, and she directed as well Absolutely. yeah she directed a bunch of these shows especially the 100 and, <laughs> and Sanctuary as well yeah right that was her moment to shine <laughs> and I'm really am impressed by a lot of these people because I mean uh, you know they already took the industry for granted. It's got a smaller community, so that's why you see a lot of the same faces time and again. And you can kind of see how they don't really seem to try as much on the superhero shows, I guess, because they're kind of going for camp on those. And uh, on these spy, you know, sci-fi epics, they, they have to just kind of keep uh, going in unusual directions that we haven't seen them ever go before. <laughs> But it's super exciting when you see, like, that familiar face. You're like, oh, you know, and oh, yeah. you know, and that show. For and those who've been watching it for years, they, they're yeah. our go-to. And Yeah, absolutely. And it's really exciting for me for Amanda Tapping because really her first um, trial was Sanctuary. And then from there, she just kind of skyrocketed and started directing so much more. And I believe she was in Travelers as well. So yeah, um, very key role. Her hair was yeah. dyed dark there, and um, I think yeah, she also directed like some key episodes. So yeah, I mean, it all comes around. And I mean, it is kind of a shame though with Continuum though. I mean, I had some people bashing season four. Do you, well, 
I mean, we we know the last season was going to be a quick one because they were trying to just yeah. finish it. And it, I appreciate that because they at least did that. I mean, look at Firefly. We got one season in a movie, and it still didn't feel finished. Dark Matter, we got yeah. four seasons. We didn't get that fifth one. Um, Almost Good. Human, we got one season. That's pretty much Sanctuary didn't even get to finish either. So I appreciate them at least trying to give them something the ability to finish it, even if it was only six episodes versus the 10 episodes that we normally get. And yeah. I feel like that ending, it gave us some closure. The 100, same thing. It's not what we wanted, but it's what had to happen. So and I 100 was like eight seasons or some shit, right? Yeah, and it still was. <laughs> I felt rushed. That's you pretty know, good. I still for... felt like it was rushed at the end, you know? Yeah, because they just kind of Everything is very workmanlike, even when they intend the best, because they shoot fast. They don't have time for they shows do. like that. So no, it's it's like quick, 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 and you can feel it in the show how quick it is. And everyone always wonders, you know, why they write off actors very fast. Is like the minute they see actors are thinking of leaving, they're like, okay, well, you know, we're not going to rip. We this is a brand too, much like acting in and of itself. So if I see too many takes where the actor is clearly bored, you know, it's going to be a hard show to finish. You know. Well, also, there was a lot of issues with one of the actresses, you know, kept getting in trouble. So I think... Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, Octavia. Uh, she got arrested, I think, three different times for uh, oh, DWIs and DUIs. Um, she was basically behaving like, oh. Um, so I think that's why they're like, we need to be just done with it. And we can't continue going forward. Breaking you out of jail on bail way too many times. <laughs> right. And, and not just that, but um it was yes. already going on for such a long time i mean the flash they're like we want eight seasons to be done supergirl's already over the arrow eight seasons as well right. like they're just like eight's like the number just just stop <laughs> just but look at stargate they lasted 10 seasons but were they quality 10 seasons i don't know i can't answer that for people i think everyone varies on each season i kind of yeah. The only season I don't like is season four because there's some good episodes, but then the rest of it is just a clip show because they didn't know if they were going to keep getting picked up, I guess. <laughs> they were doing that anniversary thing or like, let's just do you know, playback episodes, what happened before. Um, I used to not like the final seasons growing up, but I kind of yeah. like them now, even though a lot of people like to still say, oh, without O'Neill, it's not the same. I'm like, well. Well, he's getting older, right? He's getting older, and, and he wanted to spend more time with his daughter, and he kept breaking his legs, so I think it's okay for him to just make a cameo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he broke his leg, his arm, his ribs. I mean, that <laughs> guy was doing a lot of his own stunts, so... He, lo he loved to go skiing. <laughs> I mean, and that, too. And I it mean, made sense, because he had yeah. filmed parts of MacGyver, I think, in Vancouver, so it's like, yeah, yeah, I mean, he... He was already used to it, yeah. Oh, wait, anyway, look at, um, kind of going back to uh, another one, Farscape. I know that's Australian, but yeah. um, uh, Ben Browder, when he was brought into SG-1, he was actually supposed to get Shepard's role in SG Atlantis. But because they didn't finish, the, the last season four was such a uh, cliffhanger, um, they created the, the movie basically as the last season, uh, Peacekeeper Wars, for those of you who don't know that. Um, yeah. And so he said, well, I really want to finish this for the fans, so I will actually forego this character um, so that I can finish this for the fans. And then, of course, they wrapped up movie. Um, of course, O'Neill uh, uh, Anderson stepped out 
And they liked him so much that they were like, hey, you know what? Why don't we go ahead and put you in for these last two seasons so that you can at least, you know, have that role that we wanted you to have, but you're going to have more of that same sparkiness that you were supposed to have. Exactly. You know, but put it over here. And, of course, ended up giving it to um, the other guy, Joe Flanagan, I believe it is his name is. Yes. Uh, so, um, so I guess Shepherd. that was. Um... I think he played a fantastic shepherd. I think oh, he totally. was perfect for that. Um, and I think Ben Browder was perfect uh, for his character, as well as Claudia Black playing Val. Claudia Black um, is awesome. and I mean, she's just fantastic, too. So They also just have a good sense of humor and everything. And I Correct. mean, that you need that when you're doing these kinds of shows, because, I mean, you don't know how it'll look. And you get an idea when you start watching and seeing and seeing how they would start coming up with ideas and write episodes. is like that was a great transcendence into or later stuff and I mean it made sense how uh what's his name Michael Shanks <laughs> Dr. Jackson was just always kind of the Kenny of South Park he was always dying and so and becoming an angel and then being well, recreated the reason again. why that happened was because Michael Shanks quit and that's when he brought he wanted Quinn to become in. a movie actor and then that didn't work out so then he that came didn't back work out, and then Quinn, they're like can we can I come back please and then Quinn's like what the hell what about me and they're like well he's the star so bye you know right. and so the guy leaves and we'll have a peaceful... Michael Shanks comes back saying I'm back <laughs> in all fairness though these shows do do a pretty good transference versus the other tra- shows yes I was gonna say the the going from one to another right uh, uh what did you call it the, the not the transference but transition the transition yeah, yeah uh, it's actually really really good um when you go from Quinn to to, to Daniel and when you go from uh, O'Neill to uh, I forget Ben Brody's character. Um, I keep wanting to call Tom Tom Crichton, but that's that's hard. Yeah, fair enough. But I, I know what you mean. I but yeah. I mean that transition they, was actually quite smooth. And when they did crossovers, it was never you know you got to watch the other one to figure out what happened. It's like no, we're just we solved a quarter of the problem. Now it's Atlantis's problem, and vice versa. Now it's just she one's problem, and they're the last line of defense. And that was good because so many of these other shows will do crossovers, mainly the American ones do this and for instant ratings grab. And it's always annoying half the time. Cause like, I, the Chicago ones are like the only exception to me. Cause like, okay, I got a part of the puzzle, so I'm satisfied. But it's like the other ones is like, I don't watch TV every day. So I don't know which order to watch this. in. this is exactly. And I really that appreciate that. One. Like when they do that SG one Atlantis and O'Neill sends over the bottle of champagne, you know, and then it closes. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, now you're on your own. And I really thought that transition was so beautifully well done. <laughs> and it was actually really quite genius in my opinion. Totally. Uh, uh, very but, genius and yeah and and same thing with the you know going back to because we keep going off topic that's my bad uh, but going back to expanse uh the season to season if you do it um little by little it is confusing but when you do a binge it actually has good transitions well and i it helped out for me because back when it was on sci-fi i would watch it on on demand and the creators would talk about it afterwards so i did got a better sense of where it was going it was like nice. oh, okay so I don't have but to rewatch not, it we, now. We don't all get that, right? So, yeah. you know, I had to watch it as it was coming out. And I really did get a little, like, not sure what's happening. Um, it wasn't until I went the second time around. I did a, a binge um, to show my teenager <laughs> um, that, <laughs> that I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, 
now it makes sense. Like, now I see what they're getting, especially when the they were making their own language and the way they were speaking and trying to think of, like, what yes. are they talking about? Yeah, it was interesting to go back and go, oh, now I get what they're saying, <laughs> and now I understand what they're going towards um, and all right. the slang that they were using. So I, I did appreciate doing it the second time around. So for those of you who have only seen, like, one one season and you're like, I'm over it, Go re-binge all the way. Yeah. It likes to make way more sense. Absolutely. Even after watching the episode, I knew it was going somewhere or something. It wasn't special. And, I mean, to have that total recall kind of society and seeing other people, you know, people have compared it to even parts of Dune and such. And I'm like, that's valid because these are showing pretty, you know, stuck-up societies and some of well, them are dystopian. like a Stargate society, too. I mean, yeah, uh, and uh, Star, uh, Star Trek as well. So you, you Star Trek, Battlestar Galactica. All these people, you know, having this big old baby is when you get um, something like The Expanse, and you, then you have really great characters um, like the President and Draper, and right? you know, you have these wonderful, wonderful characters um, that you feel that love. Amos is like my dude. Um, I totally ship him. I love him so much. Um, and Draper. <laughs> I just want them to marry me and call it a day. But these characters are really, really amazing. And you get really invested in them, especially when you do that re-binging. And, and you find out about their past and their present, where they're going. And you follow along. And you just kind of want to go for the ride. I couldn't say it better myself. I mean, more or less, I mean, they also perfectly sum up uh, uh, the whole cast. Uh, was on board with the writers who, again, are willing to explain every motivation and scenario for each character. And even just the two episode guest stars were very effective. Um, and at, you knew they were going to signal a bigger part of the story to come. Saw plenty of well-known Canadian names there. Conrad Pla from Riddick, yep. Rachel Crawford from Continuum, yep. Elizabeth Mitchell yep. from Revolution, David Strathairn from Alphas and Born Identity. So, yeah. <laughs> so, oh, I mean, Alphas, again, he was amazing in that, too. That was another, uh, was it Vancouver or Toronto? I think it was Toronto, but yeah. Um, that was another great show that I think got finished way too quickly. Um, totally. But yeah. I think he played um, his character so damn good and believable as a belter you know and, and that's just it I, these I guys these guys have worked in every kind it. of medium yeah. so yeah they can can embody it because they're they're used to what's not there it doesn't matter if it's a green screen whatever but i mean even babylon 5 fans watch that show and they're like yeah. oh they totally have similar you know kind of design that you know the vision was there and so that just kind of you can tell that just everyone got on the same page instantly. This <laughs> is however it was sold out. But it also it helps that you don't have anything to go off of, right? So yeah, nothing. The character could pretty much be however you want. And they had to learn, excuse me, a whole new way of saying things, how to speak, how to create their own lingo and language. Of course, they had language people on there. Um, totally. But it had this piratey feel and because that's what they were. They were spice pirates. Um, <laughs> yeah, that came from the island of, of some sort, you know, and but they lived on the rocks, you know, <laughs> the belt, and that's what right. they called, you know, belters. So it's interesting you know, you have this character that you 
you're embodying, but you're basically creating them from birth. Like these are your babies and they give really good justice to the character and they stay consistent with it, which is very consistent. Yeah. Very consistent because I've seen so many, um, they start with an accent and then you see them again. They no longer have that accent. Um, Halle Berry as Storm. But yeah. <laughs> well, that's that a good point because those yeah. were filmed in Canada and I think that's just it. I, everyone just got had, was able to have their own imagination and brain picked. So therefore they were able to just kind of just say, hey, you know, this will go somewhere. You know, yeah. I yeah. I think it also helps that a lot of these actors are in like the second or third stage of their careers. So they're, they've been around for a hot minute. So they don't they have to worry about anything. They from scratch because like I said, um, in Alphys, that was a whole new character he had to come up with, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then here he is again with a whole new accent and, and burns and a backstory. I mean, that was, I think, the most well-realized, better-realized uh, background I think from everybody else including Naomi totally I mean I can't imagine them not being well versed on it because I mean uh, the writers themselves it's under one name but they're apparently a duo who's even done some Star Wars short stories um, oh, wow. and I think that just helped they were on the same page as the creators of the show let's see who the showrunners were who's the showrunners Sorry, guys, I don't listen to the other podcast. I'm still catching up on most of the show. But, uh, I mean, that's the other thing, too. You, There is no rush. That We're going to get a sixth season. We're going to probably get maybe three more seasons, you think? Do you think it will go to ten seasons? No. I no. think we're going to get – Six seasons, the final. I think so. Because I think if they keep pushing it, it's going to get watered down. Mm. Or it's going to get too convoluted like the 100. They could have finished the 100 a lot quicker than they did. Right. And they stretched out way too much. So that's why the ending that we got is what we got. And we have to be happy we got it. But that ending at the same time where they went with it, you're like, did you just throw the dice and call it a day? Um, Because (laughs) it went so weird. But they were like, how do we end it? How do we end it? And that's what happens when you continue a series for way too long. Very true. And... I think with far, uh, with the expanse, you kind of have to know when to stop. You don't mm-hmm. want it to be way too many seasons. And I think even eight is pushing it. And I think they need to just have one more and be done. And But being able to complete it with actual writing, like you have been before, and not rushing it. Because once you do that, you're, we don't feel like there's any kind of ending. You kind of make it feel like, oh, this could just keep going. But it's one of those shows that could keep going because right. it's so expansive. So expansive. It, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's my thing is if you do one more season, if it just ends, you know it's just going to keep going and you just feel okay with that. I guess I just have you know? a better feeling about them just because they don't seem yeah. self-indulgent. Because right. it's the, it's the, the right kind of slow. It. It's not like yeah. a typical Netflix show where you're like, okay, five episodes meant nothing. These last seven, pretty cool. I still would like an episode trim because it's just too much information. We'll return after these messages. Hey, feeling down? Feeling low? 
Not enough podcasts about movies in your life? Why not try... They must be destroyed on sight! The new Podcast Cure-All, sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation, we have Italian horror, we have zombies, we have slashers, we have crime films, we have spaghetti westerns, we even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of... They must be destroyed on sight! As needed, and let the hosts, Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host, Cure What Ails Ya. Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin puff, colic, cramp colic, dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening. Hey, I heard you like movies. I heard you like to hustle. I heard you like podcasts. Well, guess what? There's a podcast for you out there called The Home Video Hustle. Damn right. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? Every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I put a bunch of movies in a bag, and PJ picks one out at random. And then we just watch it. We talk about it for maybe like an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Whatever we feel like doing, wherever the conversation leads us. But do we actually talk about the movie? Most of the time. Ah. Tangents galore. Yes. So believe me, we may be a movie podcast, but it's not always about movies. We might talk about video games. Mm-hmm. Music. music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the big one, music. Uh, sometimes we might get a little bit of politicalness in there. Yes. Sometimes we may just, oh, we know what we like to do. We like to tell stories, PJ. Ah, yes. I am the master storyteller yes. of the podcast realm. <laughs> Undefeated. So if you like to hear about movies, video games, whatever foolishness comes to our mind, the most random stuff you can think of, check out the Home Video Hustle. You can find us on the Stitchers. Yes. The Google Play. Yes. Apple Podcasts. What else? Podbean. What else? Podcast Addict. Goddamn. All that. Ain't no reason you can't get your hustle on. We everywhere. Worldwide, baby. Hustle, motherfucking hustle. Hey, we can't. Cussing the promo, PJ. Ah. We gotta be family friendly. There may be podcasts out there that don't want his hair to say. Ah. 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 Good fun stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> you. <laughs> no, don't, don't run the listeners away, PJ. Ah, I'm sorry. But this is going kind of long. Yes. So we'll end this and say, hey, check out the Home Video Hustle every Friday on all the various podcast outlets. Peace. Peace. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. And while Witch didn't make it to the top of the world, he did make the Gangs of Hollywood podcast. So join the gang and enjoy a movie review podcast about movie gangs, gangsters, mobsters, and the mayhem they cause. You can find GOH Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at gohpod at www.gohpod.com as well as your favorite podcast listening app. And remember, say hello to your little friend for me. If you take two old punk rockers who are past their prime, put them in front of a movie screen and give them a podcast, what do you get? Cinema punks. Cinepunks. It's the mixtape of movies. Break down, take
Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Oh, necrophilia. Oh, oh, oh. It's a dead issue, man. Don't don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, crude. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in you. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. Oh, I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of. It's unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this movie. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17-year-olds should be watching this movie. Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this like little nerd glee with everything that kept little history doll yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you you know couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was. How did you watch movie. this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. It's time, let's check our cue, baby Pair it with a couple brews, baby We love your movies We love the bad ones, too So we watch them all and pass their lessons on to you Oh, yeah Everything I learned from movies Helps to make life a little bit groovy With a one life's plot holes or gratuitous boobies It's time to get busy With your friend Steven Izzy At eilfm.podbean.com Welcome to Who Was She Podcast. I am your host, Tara Jabari. After a decade working in documentaries, marketing, and all things digital media, I found that podcasting is a strong medium to share stories. After years of producing for others, I decided to start my own biographical podcast. Who Was She will focus on the life of a woman throughout Baha'i history. The first season is about Lydia Zeminoff. Lydia's story explores the subjects of the power of language and faith. Her father invented the universal language Esperanto, and she came from a Jewish family and became a Baha'i. She grew up during World War I and was killed during World War II in a concentration camp, despite heroic efforts to save her life. How can one person's life intersect with so many others, 
connect across borders, and inspire a biography which inspired this podcast. Over the next few weeks, I will share her story with you and the lives that were most affected by her and those who affected her life as well. They include her father, Ludwig Semenov, her spiritual mother, American journalist Martha Root, and the Baha'i German soldier Fritz Mako, who worked for the resistance undercover while having to serve the Nazi party. I want to thank the author Wendy Heller and George Ronald Publishing for their blessing to let me use Heller's biography, Lydia, The Life of Lydia Zemanoff, Daughter of Esperanto, as a main and instrumental resource for this podcast. So please subscribe and learn about this amazing woman who traveled through three continents in an effort to bring unity through the power of language. You can also find more information on our Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest at Who Was She Podcast. Music was composed and performed by Sam Red. I am your host, Tara Jabari. Join us next time as we begin our journey about Lydia Zemanoff. Hi, everybody. It's Mac Jackson. I wanted to invite you to a new site called the Forever Adventure Network. This website has everything. Pictures, videos, blogs. There's original music by Harmony Constant. Two podcasts. One is the MacGyver podcast, where we celebrate Richard Dean Anderson, his iconic roles, and how it's influenced our lives. There's episode discussions, interviews, and life conversations. The second podcast is the Never Gets Old podcast, where we celebrate all the best things that we love in life, from TV, movies, music, and comics. The site is also the home for the MacGyver SG-1 audio series, an ongoing adventure series that continues the adventures of MacGyver and SG-1. There are also multiple stores to choose from for all of your pop culture and adventure needs. Come on by and check us out today. And thanks for joining the adventure. Are you sick of the same old stale podcasts? Well then join Vanessa and Darren as they dissect movies of all kinds. The two lifelong cinema lovers bring their favorites, curiosities, and first-time watches to the operating table and inject them with a healthy dose of snark. Then there's the waiting room, where they examine books and short stories. So just look for them on Apple Podcasts and where fine podcasts are available. They're part of the Legion Podcast Network. Follow them on Twitter at VD Clinic Pod. Join them on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash VD Clinic Pod. Or email them at VD Clinic Pod at gmail.com. They're ready to cure what ails you. <laughs> and still, they just might be a little contagious. Hi there. It's Heather from the Watching Netflix Without You podcast. 
Did you know that there are over 1,200 Netflix original feature films and documentaries? And that number is only growing. So I've made it my mission to watch as many as I possibly can. Then, with a delightful guest or guests, disclaimer, more often than not my brother Ryan, we spend an episode rating, reviewing, and discussing a film at length. The first half of every episode is spoiler-free for those who haven't seen it yet. And in the second half, after a very clear spoiler warning, we dive into it. And that's really about it. You can listen to Watching Netflix Without You on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. We now continue with our program. on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a jacked up review show.